Friends and foes, this is Back of the Cereal Box presents the Jedi Avenger podcast. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, but you can call me Johnny. And on this episode, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind quite a bit. I want to talk about the difference between Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Book of Boba Fett, and basically examine the difference between gratuitous fan service and story service. Spoiler warning, I'm going to be sharing some spoilers about Spider-Man No Way Home and Book of Boba Fett Chapter 6. So if you've not seen either of those, you may want to stop listening and go back and watch those and come back a little bit later. But let's talk about fan service versus story service. Because I believe wholeheartedly that Spider-Man No Way Home was over two hours of gratuitous fan service. Yes, I enjoyed the movie when I saw it. And I went in there hoping beyond hope that the movie had not been spoiled by fan theories. And I really, really wanted to believe that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were not appearing in the movie. I really, really wanted to believe that those pictures of Charlie Cox as Daredevil were fake. I really, really wanted to believe that because I thought, you know, it would be too easy. Just too easy to go that route. And I was wrong. They did go that route. And I know that fans loved it. They did. They loved it and they ate it up. Well, most fans. And I came out of the movie having enjoyed it. But the more I thought about it, and the more I saw comments praising it as the greatest movie ever made, or even even the best of the MCU or the best Spider-Man movie, the more I thought about it, the more ticked off I became. I know, I sound like a, a you know, a... An old curmudgeon. Get off my lawn! Well, because the way... The reason is, I feel like it was just gratuitous fan service. And that Marvel was just giving the fans what they had demanded. I I think if they had early on just said, Hey, this is what the movie's going to be. The fan fervor would not have been nearly as high. I think it probably would have been adequate excitement. We would have known what to expect. And it may not have felt so much like fan service. But the way it was delivered, it felt like gratuitous fan service. And now Marvel has put itself into a real big 
problem going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because now fans are expecting the same kind of cameos, the same level of crossovers with the multiverse of the MCU. And they're talking about, you know, Tom Cruise appearing as Iron Man and Chris Evans reprising his role as the Human Torch. And I hope none of that is true. I really do. Look, I expect fully to see maybe Sylvie. I fully expect to see uh, Hallie Atwell appear as Captain Carter. Heck, I would even love to see Scarlett Johansson reprise her role as Black Widow from What If. And all of that would make sense from a story perspective. But here his, here, here's the problem that Marvel has put themselves in. With the gratuitous fan service of Spider-Man no, no Way Home, fans are going to expect it. And Marvel has taught fans that they can make demands and expect them to be met. And that's a bad, bad place for a creator to be in. Now, they're going to expect that from Multiverse of Madness. And if they don't get it, they're going to be angry. They're going to pan the film. They're going to leave this you know, leave the uh, theater very upset. If they do get it, it's another step forward in teaching fandom that they should expect what they want. And that just becomes more and more problematic as we go along. And I believe that it will be the jump the shark moment for the MCU. I'm really hoping in Doctor Strange multiverse of madness that they end the multiverse that is the resolution we'll see i'm not holding out hope we'll have to wait and see now a lot of people have complained that boba fett the book of boba fett chapter six is nothing but star wars fan service and i want to take issue with that i don't feel like it's fan service i feel like it's story service Lucasfilm and Disney, which also owns Marvel, Lucasfilm found itself in a very precarious situation. They underestimated the love of the expanded universe among fans. They underestimated the backlash that eliminating the EU and making it legends would bring. There were viable reasons to do it. I understood fully why they had to do it and Dave Filoni has done a wonderful job through Clone Wars Rebels and the Bad Batch of bringing back certain pieces of the expanded universe that that fans really loved and have they brought it back whole cloth no but little nods to things that have been made canon now that were previously rele relegated to legends like in Book of Boba Fett when he gets the Rancor and commenting about how he wants to learn how to ride it like the Witches of Dathomir, that's directly from the courtship of Princess Leia, which was made Legends. And Filoni has done a really good job as a fan himself, working with George Lucas at first and now with John Favreau, 
to bring little pieces of the EU back into canon, but not from a fan service perspective, but in a way that makes, it actually helps make the prequels and the sequels better movies and connect in a better way to the original trilogy. And the entire Mandalorian saga, as I am calling it. See, I'm not looking at Book of Boba Fett as a standalone series. I am looking at it as a chapter of the saga, the Mandalorian saga. So we've got, you know, the, the prequel trilogy. We've got Clone Wars. We've got Rebels. We've got the Bad Batch, we've got the original trilogy, and then we've got the sequel trilogy, and now we will have the Mandalorian Saga. And what the Mandalorian Saga is doing, it is using pieces of the EU, along with new characters, to bridge gaps between the franchises, between the stories, and what some people are calling fan service for Star Wars, I see as story service. Filoni and Favreau and Bryce Dallas Howard and Taka Watiti and Richard Rodriguez, they are all they are all crafting stories that bridge the gaps. And in some ways, you know, they're they're telling us the stories that we imagine in our heads, like Boba Fett crawling out of the Sarlacc pit. There was nothing surprising about that. That's how we always imagined it happening. But they're giving us a new story. They're not using that fan service to, you know, just give us what we wanted to see with Boba Fett. They're using that entire story with Boba Fett to redefine what the Mandalorian family means. For the first time, Boba Fett found family with the Tusken Raiders, and that was taken away. And he was forced, like Wyatt Earp, to pick up the guns again and to wage war on his enemies, the Cowboys. In this case, the Pikes. And now he's having to recruit muscle from other parts of the Star Wars galaxy. You know, Chrysanthemum is very much the... Um, the, the, uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Batson. Um, Bat, Bat Masterson. Oh my gosh, that was going to drive me crazy. He's very much the Bat Masterson character. And, um, Din Djarin is very much, uh, you know, the Doc Holliday character. Um, and, and, you know, so we, we've got these extra characters that are joining Wyatt Earp's Immortals. And I, I love that idea. You know, I love that idea that Filoni and Favreau are forming this new, this new storyline about what it means to be a Mandalorian, what their connection to the greater Star Wars universe is. And to do that... 
They are dropping little pieces of the EU. They're making things canon again. They're bringing us the philosophies of the Force. And through Chapter 6, seeing Luke train Grogu, we may be getting, and even through Chapter 7 and maybe into Mandalorian Season 3, we're going to be getting more glimpses and more understanding about how Luke took up the task of training the next generation of Jedi and what leads him to isolation after the failure with his nephew. I think what they are doing here is going to make Luke's failure mean more. And it's going to make the sequel trilogy, The Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker, better films. I think they're also setting up for a an adaptation of sorts of the original Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. We saw in the final episode of The Bad Batch, the Imperials are taking the uh, Kamino cloner to a planet that we've seen described We've seen concept art for, and we believe it's Wayland, where they developed the clone of Jorah Saboeth. And maybe, because we saw in Mandalorian Season 2, there were clones on Moff Gideon's ship. Maybe we are going to see in Mandalorian Season 3, or in some other property that Filoni and Favreau are helming, maybe in Ahsoka or um, something else, we are going to see a a return of Grand Admiral Thrawn, Ezra Bridger. We're going to see the cloning facilities on Wayland, a cloned Jedi Master, Jorah Saboeth, a clone of Luke from his hand, and we're going to see the development of the cloning technology that eventually brings back the Emperor in The Rise of Skywalker. Now, that does not fix one of the problems in The Rise of Skywalker, and that is Poe Dameron's, you know, uh, dialogue where he says, I don't know how, but the, 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 the Emperor came back. Come on. You know exactly how. There's been rumors about cloning for decades, for generations. We know that the Clone Wars were fought with clone troopers against the Trade Federation and the Separatists. Let's not pretend like we don't understand how the Emperor came back. You can digitally fix this, Lucasfilm. I'm going to give this to you for free. You don't have to pay me a dime. You can have Poe Dameron say, The Emperor is back. Pan to everyone's faces in shock. And just hear his voiceover as you pan around the room. He's been using cloning technologies for years. We've known this. Now he succeeded. Boom. Problem solved. And I feel like Filoni and Favreau are not giving us fan service, but they are giving us story service so that the rest of the story is better connected. There are bridges in the holes. And we as fans have a deeper, more meaningful, complete experience. Those are my thoughts about the difference between fan service and story service. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? 
post a comment on this episode, post a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, let me know. Or you can join our community on the Back of the Cereal Box Saturday Morning Rec Room on Facebook. Drop us an email at cerealboxpodcast at gmail.com. And always make sure you subscribe to our video channel on YouTube. Like our page on Facebook for up-to-the-minute news about comics and movies and pop culture. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side.